Time to panic again, because we're all going to die. I would like to say, rest in peace to build back better. And I feel comfortable saying that right now. And uh, can we have it too good in this country? The answer is yes. And this last story actually proves it. Because it became a story. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right. So I had a great weekend. You notice I didn't do a podcast on Friday. I didn't do a podcast because I went up to my dad's house this weekend. We celebrated Christmas with my daughter and her ki- my grandkids. And we did that because she's not going to be around. She's going to go stay with her mother who lives in another state for the holiday. And it was nice. It was really nice. What was really nice is Josie and I decided we're going to take the train up. So I live in, I live in uh, San Diego. I basically take the Amtrak up to Los Angeles Union Station. And then I take the Metrolink to my dad's house. And it drops me off right next to my dad's house. It varies. I could walk if I needed to from the Metrolink to my dad's house. Very, very convenient. My dad never lets me do that. He always picks me up. But so I said, let Josie, let's, let's take this. Let's take the train. Let's not even deal with traffic. So we did. And I got us business class seats on the Amtrak it was really nice, and she didn't realize how fast we got up. We got up there in less than two hours. In less than two hours. And she sat, Josie sat back and told me, God, this is really fast. It's really comfortable. I got, yes, I know. It's, it's fantastic. Then we got into L.A., and we got out. And the first thing that happened was she said, of course, I want to use the restroom because she doesn't want to use the restroom on the train. I don't blame her. She's going to have to perform a hover and it's still going to smell really bad. And if you've never been on a train, the trains do move. I mean, you do, you start rocking back and forth and she's going to fall right in. And of course she falls in, she's probably going to fall all the way in. So she, okay, I understand that. I told her that, you know, the trains, the restrooms at Union Station are probably not much better. If you've ever been to Union Station, you'll know what I'm talking about. Well, Josie's never been to Union Station, so she had no freaking idea what it was like over there. So we got out, and I walked to the restroom. And, of course, the cops are, are over there already. They are always over there already. And uh, they closed the restroom. We don't know why they closed the restroom. I say yeah, probably someone was shanked in there. I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. But the restrooms were closed. Then some bum just started screaming bloody, bloody murder. And then he got into a screaming match with another bum that was walking through. And Josie, who's got, who has very dark complexion, because she's Hispanic, turned white. I said, well, yeah, this is what happens here at Union Station every day, every day. Okay, fine. We get on the Metrolink, and she said, it smells like pee in here. Yes, this is Los Angeles. It probably smells like pee because someone peed on the Metrolink. This is Los Angeles. So we finally, and she runs out of the train. Now, she gets back. She gets back. 
to my dad's, everything's fine and dandy. We had a great time. And then we go back to the Metrolink. And then there's some guy who apparently has a real conflict with his bike because he started throwing his bike around and there's crap on the floor. I thought it was soap. She said, it looks like beer. I said, well, it's blue. It's probably just soap. Someone washed their hands with their, they spilled it all over. But some guy started talking to himself and throwing his bike around and throwing his crap around. And I'm sitting back, I'm playing a, a word search game on my phone and, and Josie's kind of looking around. And then we walk, we get finally get to Union Station and she gets up, we're ready to leave. We get into Union Station the first thing she that happens when we enter the main terminal because we had a oh we had maybe 40 minutes to wait for the train she said she got basically accosted by two bums that were trying to get some trying to get some money from her i said i told her do not give them any money if you give them money everybody and their mother will see that you gave them money and you will get 60 bums right around you and usually in San Diego, I give them money. I give bums money. It's just what it is. I'm sorry, I call them bums. Half these guys should be working. But I don't really, shouldn't say that because a lot of them are mentally ill. The the druggies, which is most in L.A., I, I don't really give a damn about. You guys just made your, you guys made your bed. I, I really don't care. So Josie sits back and we go and... There's a secure area that you can go to sit and wait for your train. Usually you have to prove it. Well, at 7 o'clock at night, they don't do that. So we're sitting down. We found a couple seats together. People are sleeping on the floor. People are, are sitting, rocking back and forth in the benches. Josie looks around, and there's a guy who pulls out, looks like a couple of heroin balls. He's got his pot right he's got everything going and he just starts screaming at some bum uh, some uh homeless person that walks right next to him just starts screaming and there were two of them and he's screaming at them you guys have that lousy drugs and i i'm saying lousy because i don't want to say effing drugs and all of this stuff get away from me i'll kick the i'll smack the spit out of you blah 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 and she said, he's got little balls of drugs there. I know. He has marijuana. He's making a marijuana cigarette. I know. Why is he screaming? I don't know. And then right in the back, right in the main part of the terminal, right before you actually get to the trains, there was another fight. Screaming, just two... Homeless people screaming bloody murder at her. And, and finally, I decide, you know, let's just get something to eat and then let's head towards the train. Luckily, we didn't have that long to wait. And she said, this is something you'd never see in San Diego. I said, I know. Every time, I said, I could bring my GoPro. And every time I come in here, this is exactly what it's like in Los Angeles. And you always wonder, I told her, Josie, you always wonder why I do not want to move to back to Los Angeles. This is an everyday thing. She got it. She got it. And she was in a fantastic mood taking that train back to L.A. because she didn't have to 
deal with any of that stuff. And I think she just was so appreciative to be running back to Los Angeles. Okay, that's our story for the weekend. So let's take a look uh, at some of the stories we have this week. The world is going insane again. Why, you might ask? Omicron. Yes, the new variant of the China virus is out and the world is on fire. California has implemented new mask mandates for 30 days, which means forever. New York is threatening to shut down the entire state. They are arresting people in New York City for not showing their vax cards. Kids can't go to movie theaters without being vaxxed in New York City. Schools are thinking of going back to online learning because one year hasn't been enough. They are now testing vaccines on the infants. Germany and Holland have completely locked down and are segregating vax from non-vaxxed. Israel has issued a travel ban. Australia has concentration camps that people are trying to escape from. Sorry, did I say concentration camps? I meant happy fun camps with fencing and bars and segregation. And finally, Sweden has introduced a microchip to say whether you're vaxxed or not. It's never going to end. Joe Biden has summed up to the world of the unvaxxed what is going to be happening this summer. I want to send a direct message to the American people. Due to the steps we've taken... Omicron has not yet spread as fast as it would have otherwise done, and that's happening in Europe. But it's here now, and it's spreading, and it's going to increase. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. Yes, you unvaxxed bastards. You're all going to get sick and die. The Biden administration is even even contemplating setting a vaccine mandate along with their mask mandate on all domestic flights. Merry Christmas. The NIH with Dr. Fauci said exactly the same thing. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. When I said exactly, I, I, I really meant that. Exactly the same thing? What? Do they have the same speech writers? This is incredible how they seem to always say the same thing. Kind of weird, huh? Yeah, okay. Not so fast. Because they're following a script. The Omicron? Yeah, no. It's not a disaster. It's not going to... We're not all looking at death and dismemberment and carnage and cats and dogs being friends and the raining of fire and asphalt from the skies. We're not looking at any of that. This is all made to panic you. That's all it is. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, I got to tell you, if you haven't gotten vaccinated... You probably should. It's probably okay to get it vaccinated unless you have reasons like you're 15 years old and you don't need to be vaccinated. I'm vaccinated, but I always got to say that in case I get into trouble later. But with their panic and 
panic, especially with the Omicron virus, I'm beginning to lose a little faith that these guys know what they're talking about and they're doing this for out of the goodness of their hearts and to to keep our lives safe. You know who I how I know that? You know who's not panicking? South Africa. The genesis of the Omicron strain, where it came from. They reported Omicron spreads uh, Omicron spreads faster than Delta, but is far less dangerous. It doesn't have the same symptoms as Delta. In fact, it just looks like the common cold that people get better after a couple of days. In fact, South Africa reported they did not have one death from Omicron. I'll go a step further. To, as of today, as of this writing, there have been 12 confirmed deaths. That's according to uh, Fox News. And that's not 12 deaths in the United States. We haven't had a death in the United States yet. That's deaths around the world from Omicron. And even though they say, okay, well, see, see, people can die of Omicron. What they don't say is how those people die. How those people died. Did they have comorbidities? Did they have other things that compromise their immune systems? Were they cancer, former cancer patients or current cancer patients on chemo or radiation? Did they have diabetes? Were they overweight? Those weren't brought up. It's just that 12 people, and I think they were all in England, 12 people died. All right? There have been no deaths in the United States. California, which is thinking of shutting down again, has 43 cases as of this writing. 43 cases of the Omicron virus. I'm sure there will be more, and I'm sure people will die, but all indications of this virus is it's nowhere near as deadly as Delta. Because it spreads so easily. And this one is expected to overwhelm the Delta variant. That's a good thing. Because you don't the viruses don't want to be deadly. Viruses want to spread. That's their point. And killing their hosts is not the way to spread. They're designed this way. This is what they do. This is the common cold. Delta could become less than the common... I mean, Delta. Uh, Omicron could be the start of a very infectious flu that just makes you feel miserable for a few days. It could end up being the cold. That's what this Omicron variant is looking like. Now, mind you, it's early. And, of course, there's the possibility that it could... Uh, that Omicron could mutate into something deadly. But we can't live our lives worried about what it might do. We know what this one does. Ben Shapiro released a uh, chart on Twitter, and one of the things he showed was that the infection rate had just climbed all the way up. By the way, in uh, South Africa, the infection rate's already going down. So this is a very short-lived virus. We probably had it around for two months now. Okay. That's what they said. They they found it about three weeks ago. But usually that virus has already hit us about a month ago. But then he showed the death rate right next to it. It never climbed. 
you would expect after three weeks the death rate would, and it never did. People need to stop panicking and just start living their lives. If they want to panic, that's great. Go panic. But then the government should leave us alone. The people who don't want to be stuck inside the house and panic. Because this variant does not look like it's anything to really panic about. You know who else says we shouldn't panic? The CEOs of three major airlines. The... Um, they have required mask mandates on planes. And the CEOs are saying, well, that's probably not something we need. So they appeared in front of the U.S. Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. And they had some news that might set Tony Fauci off a little bit. John Lofter of Delta Airlines, he's an executive vice president and chief of operations, said, quote, <coughs> We continue to electrostatically spray our aircraft interiors with high-grade disinfectants and use HEPA air filters to remove 99.9% .9 of airborne particles on board. When he was pressed, he said, quote, Part of the discussion on HEPA filters on board the aircraft was to understand what the air turnover rate was and how the air quality on board the aircraft would compare to other facilities. I think we are all we all generally agree now that the cycle of the the cycle of the way air turns over in a pressurized air cabin and the filtration system is superior to many indoor spaces that you can be. And then he said our air he he, he said I, I I'm paraphrasing here but he said the air filtration system in an airplane is better than any ICU that someone would get stuck on. That's an amazing statement. You mean to tell me we might not we might be wearing masks for nothing? Well, United Airlines CEO Greg Gary Kelly, he said yeah, I think that the case is very strong that masks don't add much, if anything, in an air cabin environment. It is very safe and very high quality compared to any other indoor setting. Oh, by the way, American Airlines CEO, Doug Parker, he agreed with them. He said, I concur. The aircraft is the safest place you can be. It's true that all our aircraft uh, is true of all our, our aircraft. They all have these HEPA filters and the same airflow. These are men. These are men now are, that are in charge of the health and safety of their passengers. They have the most to lose if there's a super spreader event on one of their flights. They also know that science. They also know the science and innovation behind the airplanes. Because they have invested into those airplanes and the technology that goes into those airplanes. They say we don't need masks on planes. They understand how the planes are built and how they work. And I mean, because they, I mean, they understand that because they have to understand that because they're actually investing into those planes. A lot of those guys, they don't make a salary. They're given stock. So it's important that stock stays high. And the best way to keep that stock high is to make sure those planes work. 
right? Not just falling to the ground, but you don't want super spreader events in an American Airlines. So should we listen to them? Or should we listen to Dr. Fauci? Because you know what he was going to say. I also wanted to ask you about what the airline executive said this week about masks on airplanes. They, uh, several of the, of the top, you know, the, the CEOs of the top airlines said that on an airplane, you are actually safer uh, than you are uh, in an ICU. The, the protection with the filters, filtration system they have, they were suggesting that they're really isn't much of a need for a mask on an airplane. Are we going to get to the point where we won't have to wear masks on airplanes? I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with a closed space, even though the filtration is good, that you want to go that extra step when you have people. You know, you get a flight from Washington to San Francisco. It's a well over a five-hour flight. Even though you have a good filtration system, I still believe that masks are a prudent thing to do and we should be doing it. God, that guy is a negative, Nancy. I swear, everything is, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. So there you go. Should you, but here's a rhetorical question. Obviously, it obviously it's rhetorical. You can't answer, you can't answer me. Should you listen to the men who are in charge of the technology and are fiscally responsibility for the safety of passengers? Or shall we listen to a doctor who hasn't practiced since the 1970s, has been wrong about everything his entire career, and seems to spend more time on CNN and MSNBC reading data and statistics than reading data and statistics, and has been lying since the beginning of this pandemic? Just an FYI, before you answer this rhetorical question, there has not been one instance where air travel has started a super spreader event. Not one. They can point to going to the theaters. They can point to going to parties. They cannot point to one time a super spreader event happened on an airplane. Okay, this uh, this story, again, this kind of flies right in with uh, uh, the whole Omicron flip out. And it actually is a good way to protest. I like this. According to the New York Post... Quote, a Florida man has reportedly banned was ban, has was reportedly banned from flying United Airlines after wearing a red thong as a face covering while boarding a flight in protest of federal of the federal mask mandate. Adam Jen of Cape Coral told NBC News that th- his Wednesday morning antics at the Fort Lauderdale Airport got him booted off the plane bound for Washington D.C. He basically said, quote, it's all nonsense. COVID doesn't know that we're at cruising altitude. It's stupid. The whole thing is theater. Apparently, this guy's pulled this on something like eight different flights, but was never kicked off. Um, United Airlines released a statement about this. (coughs) Quote, the customer clearly wasn't in compliance with federal ma- with the federal mask mandate, and we appreciate that our team addressed the issue on the ground prior to takeoff, avoiding any pe- potential disruptions in the air. Okay, well, I've got some questions. I- I'd like some questions. Okay, so guy guy basically put underwear on his face. Women's underwear, that's good. At least it's women's underwear. 
But here are the questions I have. How how was he out of compliance? Was it covering his face, his nose and mouth? If it was covering his face and mouth, how was it non-compliant? And if it's just because it was underwear, what what is different about underwear than any other piece of cloth? He should be able to wear any damn piece of cloth over his mouth that he wants. So F you, United Airlines. You're dead wrong. And apparently this is what the guy said. The guy said, you know, most of the time they get a kick out of it. They laugh at it. This time they just didn't. Sometimes I get pushed back. Sometimes I don't. Usually I, I never got kicked out of a plane before. Well... Okay, in our next story, Joe Manchin has put the final nail in the coffin of the Joe Biden Build Back Better bill. Listen. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns, and where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills. All of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking, and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. Uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it, to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is, this is a no. This is a no. Now, this is a real surprise. Of course it's not. This has been the, his stance all year, since this whole Build Back Better crap has been put on the table. He is very real. He has a very realistic view of the economy, and he has a very good idea of the text of this bill. He's also from a very red state. Joe Biden, um, or Hillary Clinton, lost that state by, or Joe Biden lost that state during this 2020 election by 40 points. He will lose the election. If he, uh, mansion on the, uh, mansion is what I mean. He will lose the election in 2020, uh, 2020s, in this case, four, if he votes for this piece of crap bill. Joe Biden is dying in the polls, so he has no power over Manchin at all. There's no reason to vote for this bill for Joe Manchin. It's only going to hurt him. But it's not just Joe Manchin. Uh, that it's not just Joe Manchin like the media is portraying. It's Kirsten. It's Kirsten Cinema too. She's been very quiet about the bill, but she's always been against the bill. This weekend, she was. She had mentioned. She had said that there are several purple state senators that are actually thrilled they don't have to vote on this bill because they thought they thought they could they they would have a problem actually voting for the bill. You can Im- imagine the left's response. Yep, they're absolutely 
is flipping out. Jen Psaki released a statement. Senator Manchin's comments this morning on Fox are at odds with his discussions this week with the president, with White House staff, and with his own public utterances. Weeks ago, Senator Manchin committed to the president at his home in Wilmington to support the Build Back Better framework. By the way, Joe Manchin, or not Joe Manchin, but Joe Biden should be in the White House sometimes. Every weekend in Delaware is weird. Uh, President uh, Senator Manchin pledged repeatedly to negotiate on finalizing that framework in good faith. On Tuesday of this week, Senator, by the way, Senator Manchin in his interview said he tried to negotiate in good faith. Nothing was happening. It was going very bad. And then he finally said, yeah, I'm not going to vote for it this year. There's no way. I mean, they're going to try again next year. And he said that, yeah, we'll, we'll try again next year. But it ain't going to happen this year. There's just n- nothing there. And then Joe Manchin basically said it's the fault of the Biden administration. That Biden's staff has been doing nothing but pestering him to the point where you got to do this. you got to accept this. you got any final And Jen Psaki's statement, that's saying that right here. I'll continue with the statement. On Tuesday of this week, Senator Manchin came to the White House and submitted to the president in person directly a written outline for a Build Back Better bill that was the same size and scope as the president's framework and covered many of the same priorities. While that framework was missing key priorities, we believed it could lead to a compromise acceptable to all. Senator Manchin promised to continue conversations in the days ahead and to work with us to reach a common ground. If this, if if his comments on Fox and written statements indicate an end to the that effort, they represent a sudden and inexplicable reversal of, in his position and a breach of his commitments to the president and the senator's colleagues in the House and Senate. Couple of problems here. First, Joe Manchin never said in public that he was for Build Back and Better. Build Back Better. He never said it. He was against it from day one. He thought he could introduce a bill that would cut cut it down quite a bit. But he was never for Build Back Better. He was never for starting new programs. He was against that from day one. So someone here is lying. Is it Jen Psaki or is it Joan Manchin? I wonder who you think. I know who I think it is. Second, is this the way to get try and get Manchin on board? Calling him dishonest? Has this ever worked in the history of humanity that yelling at somebody is a is a good thing? But this also could indicate that the Biden administration is giving up. That they know this is a dead bill. That it's not going anywhere so they go out and they slam Mansion. Believe it or not, this is the most reserved response. Ilhan Omar, member of the squad, got a little bit testy when she found out. Humanly possible, I can't get there. Brett Baer, the anchor, says, you're done. Manchin says, this is a no. On this legislation, I have tried everything I know how to do. Uh, Your response to that? Uh, (laughs) I mean, we we all knew that uh, Senator Manchin couldn't be trusted. Um, you know, the the excuses that he just made, um, I think, are complete bullshit. 
um, it is really disheartening uh, to hear him say that he has been trying to get there for the people of West Virginia um, uh, because that's a complete lie. The people of West Virginia uh, would greatly benefit um, from their families having access to you know, long-term elderly care uh, and care for um, folks with disabilities. They would uh, benefit from the uh, expansion of the child tax credits. Uh, they will benefit from having access to um, pre-K. Uh, there are just so many things. First off, Elhad Omar saying somebody, anybody is un, uh, untrustworthy is, is a complete line of crock. It's just a crock. She is a garbage human. I mean a garbage human. She is a bad person. If she, if she disappeared tomorrow, the world would be a better place. She is that bad a human being. Um, saying that Manchin is not trustworthy and bad for his state is just a thing, again, not going to convince him of anything. And they have been doing this for months. Ilhan Omar is not saying anything. She's just pissed now. But Ilhan Omar has been calling Joe Manchin names for six months now. Because she doesn't like his politics. Thank God she's not a senator. This also shows... Where the we are right, you are wrong mentality of the left. They want compliance, not debate. Joe Manchin said he released a Wall Street Journal opinion piece about three months ago. And he outlined exactly why he didn't like the bill. Word for word, he said, this is the problem with the bill. This is the problem with the bill. Did anyone listen? No one listened. And, you know, and the, the, the left, they keep throwing things from the bill that everyone's going to like. But they're not listening. There's a base of that bill that needs to be answered, and that's where we're getting the money for it. And, and this is something new. I think President Trump did it. I really hate it when President Trump did What is the deal with politicians cussing? It doesn't sound intelligent. It sounds stupid. And, you know, it's not a debating point. Saying that man, this is BS. Saying dimensions, uh, mansions, positions are BS. That's not a debating point. That's being. That's a little. That's what a little kid would say. Mansion presented what was wrong with Build Back Better, more than once. That's BS. Not a debating point. AOC, of course, had something to say. She was a little better than uh, Ilhan Omar, but not by a lot. Well, I think uh, what Senator Manchin did yesterday represents such an egregious breach of the trust of the president. And it's also, you know, this is exactly why uh, it's an outcome that we had warned about um, well over a month ago about needing to plan a contingency plan for it. It's why we insisted on having the bipartisan infrastructure plan coupled and passed together uh, with the Build Back Better Act. But I think right now we are at a juncture where it's not really about, I think, uh, being angry. I mean, of course, we have every right to be furious with Joe Manchin, but it's really up to leadership in the Democratic Party uh, who, you know, made the decision to get us to this juncture and how we're going to move forward. And I think right now that uh, leader, Democratic leadership has a, a very large number of tools at their disposal, the president particularly, and it's really about time that, you know, we take the kid gloves off and we start using them to govern for working families in this country. I love it when 
junior Congress people sit back and talk down to, you know, veteran senators. Oh, like, we have a right to be angry at him. We do. He's a jerk. It's, come on, dude. Get over it. He doesn't care what you got to say. You're nothing. You're dirt. You don't even understand. That, that little girl who, by the way, again, I'm always going to say this. Her first full-time job was, was a representative of the United States Congress. That's her first full-time job. She was 29 when she got elected. What does that tell you? But to sit back and never address, and she still hasn't addressed anything. Now, Manchin did say exactly what his issues were. Why doesn't she address them? I think she just doesn't understand them. I think her little she can't get her little brain around what Manchin said. And that wouldn't surprise me. She's stupid. Now, it's her last part of the statement that ticks my curiosity. Does she really think... Does um, she really believe the Democrats haven't been vicious against the people who disagree with them already? And what does she mean that Democrats are going to take the kit gloves off? I mean, they cuss out. They call everyone a racist, sexist, homophobe, transphobe. They call everybody every name in the book. You mean you can get worse? Are you going to unleash Antifa and BLM upon us? What exactly does she mean by that? Because here's the thing. AOC is vicious. She is mean. And she is vicious. And I wouldn't trust that something bad. These people aren't going to do something bad. Now, if she just continues to call everyone a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, no one cares. So what? What little? What? What are? What are the kid gloves? Kid gloves that you're going to take off? But nothing would be complete unless we heard from the author of the Build Back Better program. And don't think it's not Bernie Sanders. He's pretty pissed off too. Now this is a long clip, but I have to play the entire clip because. He's all over the map. Bernie Sanders is so insane, it's entertaining. So let's listen to Bernie. To react, the man managing the legislation, Senate Budget Committee Chairman Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Um, so Senator Sanders, Chairman Sanders, Senator Manchin says he can't get there. This is a no. He's tried everything. What's your reaction? Well, I think he's going to have a lot of explaining to do to the people of West Virginia to tell them why he doesn't have the guts to take on the drug companies and lower the cost of prescription drugs, why he is not prepared to expand home health care. West Virginia is one of the poorest states in this country. you got elderly people and disabled people who would like to stay at home or forced into nursing homes. He's going to have to tell the people of West Virginia why he doesn't want to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing, and eyeglasses. I've, I've been to West Virginia a number of times, and it's a great state, beautiful people. But it is a state that is struggling. And he's going to have to tell the people of West Virginia why he's rejecting what the scientists of the world are telling us, that we have to act boldly and transform our energy system to protect future generations from the devastation of climate change. You know, what's going on now, Jake, in Washington is the big money interests are pouring hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure that we continue to pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs at the rich do not stop paying their fair share of taxes. And I would have hoped that we could have had at least 50 Democrats on board 
who have the guts to stand up for working families and take on the lobbyist and the powerful special interest. We have no Republican support. Not one Republican in the United States Senate or the House, for that matter, is prepared to stand up to the drug companies or the insurance companies or the wealthy. I would hope we would have had 50 Democrats. Mm -hmm. But if that is the case, then I hope that we will bring a strong bill to the floor of the Senate as soon as we can and let Mr. Manchin explain to the people of West Virginia why he doesn't have the guts to stand up to powerful special interests. Oh, so you want to vote on it no matter what, even even if... Absolutely. Absolutely. The American people have got to understand what is at stake. For decades now, what Congress has been doing, giving tax breaks to the rich, not standing up to the drug companies so that we end up paying the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, ignoring climate change, the President of the United States and mm -hmm. almost every Democrat is trying, finally, to address these issues. Did you know if this Mr. was coming? Mr. Manchin doesn't want to support us, well, look, we've been dealing with Mr. Manchin for month after month after month. But if he doesn't have the courage to do the right thing for the working families of West Virginia and America, let him vote no in front of the whole world. Okay, <laughs> I love that quote. A, a little, Just a little FYI about to Bernie, so that he kind of understands something. He would never win in West Virginia. He may be big things in, in Vermont. He would never win in West Virginia. So the reality is Joe Manchin could care, couldn't care less what Bernie Sanders think. I know that most citizens don't care what Bernie has to say at all. They are actually saying it. They don't care. Most of the Build Back Better program wants to eliminate the companies that are already that are all in West Virginia. That's why they also don't want to hear Bernie and his BS complaints about um, Build Back Better and about climate change. Climate change, half the people in West Virginia would lose their job. And we already know they'll do it. Don't get yourself. You know that Bernie Sanders had his finger on the, the killing of the XL pipeline, which got rid of 18,000 jobs. So, no. I don't want to hear from Bernie Sanders about climate change. The people of West Virginia don't want to hear about that. And seeing that this is being seen as the climate change bill, they don't, none of them want to see it. I would guarantee you 90% of West Virginia does not want this Build Back Better bill. And in, again, the insulting of Manchin as being a coward and a liar is really an interesting take. I'm sure it's going to change Joe Manchin's mind. Joe Manchin doesn't want to join this cause of these people. And he said why in his article. And here's the other thing. Isn't Manchin the brave one? He's a Democrat. He's going against at least, uh, at least 47 other Democrats. He, what is he going to earn by doing going against the Democrats, by bucking their plans? That's one of the reasons why a lot of people think he's going to switch over to a Republican. Because he can be a liberal Republican and, and still be embraced. Because he is a moderate. I don't see... I don't see... There, I mean, Kirsten Cinema said it. I said that earlier. Kirsten Cinema sat there and said that, you know, hey... Um, there are more Democrats here that don't believe in this bill, but they won't go against the Democratic Party. Joe Manchin will. That seems to me pretty brave. 
And that's the one reason I wanted to play that entire lick in there. Uh, Bernie has a tendency of going off into 50 different directions. And I don't understand why he remains... Pro- He's such a pissy old man. Grouchy old man. He He's the kind of guy that will yell at you if you walk on his dichondra. He is just a pissy little guy. And he's always bitching about something. About drug companies, the rich, special interest groups, big corporations. I got some bad news for you, Bernie. You're rich, too. He, When he wasn't a millionaire, he was going after millionaires. Now he's worth 10, 15 million. How that happens in a career in politics, I don't know. But now he's got millions of dollars and he goes after billionaires. I guess when he becomes a billionaire, he'll go after a trillionaire. Trillionaires, why not? And as far as him... Running a vote so he so Joe Manchin can say to the world no. Joe Manchin has been saying no for the last six months. You think him saying no again is going to make a difference? Do you think he's going to sit back and say, "Oh God, now I'm voting on I gotta say yes"? It's. I wish they would vote on it. I hope they do. That way, this stupid bill, it's done. Got through, it got through the House. It didn't get through the Senate. Bill is dead. End of story. I hope it does get a vote. Okay, I had another story, but I don't have time. I've already gone 45 minutes. I knew. So we'll talk about this one <coughs> tomorrow. This is a pretty stupid story. That's why I was going to keep it in. But I, I should have known this was going to go along. So you guys have a great time. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com for all the show notes. Hope you have a great day, and it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'll say it all week. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. (laughs) 